I have up on the on the screen. Sorry, I have up on the screen the the full drawing from last time um, of the six days of creation, and um, I'm going to come back to it as we get into day three today in particular. But as you see in the top of the sketch, day one is light and dark, and of course we had a little bit of water there too. Day two, the water separated from the water. So you have the sky above and the water below. I, also, I think we also mentioned that um, in scripture, there are three heavens described. The first heaven is where the birds fly. The second is where the sun, moon, and stars are. And the third heaven is where God has his throne. And then on day three, we're, we're, which we're getting into right now, the Lord brings the land out of the water, separates land from sea. And then on the land, he has tree. You'll see the two perfect different kinds of trees drawn there behind me. And uh, sorry, although I don't have a palm tree there or bamboo, but the true basic kinds of trees. And then grass and stones. I want to mention the stones, and I have a reason for doing that. But, you know, stuff that's on land. Um, how, did, how, did, how does America put it in Horse With No Name? Plants and birds and rocks and things. I don't know if you know that song, but uh, there's a, that's um, in, in the early 70s, there was a group called America. Oh. Never mind. Anyway, you can Google it later. And then um, I'm not going to get into the last three days uh, yet. Let's just get right to day three. Verse 9 of Genesis 1. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land. And the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. So the word for land in Hebrew is um, Eretz, and um, I think that Haaretz, or the land, is the name of a newspaper today in Israel, the land. So you can read a newspaper, and it'll say Haaretz on the cover. And uh, sea is um, Yomim, and, uh, or I'm sorry, Yamim, Yomim would be days, Yamim is the seas. Um, but here you have something from, I actually don't know if this is, if this is um, uh, um, Hawaii. I, and I, I don't think that it's Hawaii. I think that it's where they filmed The Lord of the Rings, which is on the other side of Australia. Um, what am I thinking? New Guinea. New Guinea. Yeah. Although it could be an, another uh, island ring somewhere, but I, I actually think it's New Guinea. Um, or something around that area. It's a little bit closer to the to to the to the um, to the beautiful eastern countries than it is to Hawaii. So it's closer to the your India, Southeast Asia, China, Japan area. But beautiful, beautiful, beautiful region. Um, but it, it nicely shows land and sea. That's why I chose the slide is uh, is for that reason. Then God said, "Let the land produce vegetation." seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. Some of these verses, they're kind of a mouthful to read out loud, but there's a reason for that. God wants us to understand that these things had seeds. God was allowing this to become um, self-perpetuating as, as time went on. So it wasn't just... Like a, um, uh, they, they were perennials, 
not annuals, as we would say planting things today. An annual is a plant you plant every single year, put your tulip bulbs in or whatever it is, and the perennials are the things that are growing all the time. I have no idea what perennial my wife put in the middle of our garden, but wow, were those things thick and tall, and I, I don't know if they were sunflowers or what, but uh, they were, and they, because they didn't bloom last year, and so I, we just had these really tall sticks, and uh, I ended up mowing over them, but I think they're going to come back this year. So they were perennials, and maybe we'll get enough sun that they'll bloom this year. I don't know. But they were just tall stalks. I don't know what, what the... I fr- I th- well, they were kind of brown when I mowed them down, but they were green. But anyway, I, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. <laughs> You'll have to drive the alley because they're behind the big pine tree at my house. So, yeah. So, The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with their seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the third day. Um, so, and, and with, with most fruit that's uh, born by trees, if I'm correct, I th- this is certainly true of apples. Um, uh, if you see an apple blossom, most apple blossoms have five um, petals. Those petals are what fold up inside the apple and become the seeds. So that's, that's when you cut the apple open, those seeds you see in there, those were the apple blossoms that were originally there. That's, or they were produced, or, or they help in their production, however it goes. Um, and, uh, and it's just an interesting example of how this works. And of course, when God was first making everything, there weren't a, a thousand kinds of apples. You know, not even the divine Granny Smith apple was, uh, was uh, created yet. It was, they were all just the same, whatever they were. You know, just, just prob- maybe just red delicious. I don't know what they would have been, or Braeburn or whatever. But uh, when I was a missionary, all you could buy was Braeburn. When I was, I was in that part of Washington State. And they actually got a little bit upset with you if you asked for anything else. So, no, we only have Bra- So now I buy them here, and they're the cheaper apples on our on our shelves, and I still like them a lot. So, All right, third day of creation. Let's go into some other things about this. So he, this is from Isaiah. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he, is, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited, he says. I am the Lord, and there is no other. The same is true of the human heart. He did not create the human heart to be empty and devoid of faith. He created it to be filled and formed it to be inhabited by whom? The Holy Spirit. He made our hearts to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, And he says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Also notice that the plants appeared before any seed. That clears up a kind of what I would call chicken and egg question. Which came first, the, the seed for the plant or the plant? Um, and uh, the plants. God created the plants. The plants yielded seed, um, and so we can just leave it at that. The same is going to be true, though, of also all the animals and fish and birds. There will not be an egg first before any birds appear. There will be birds. Yeah. In these first three days, God has separated things from the initial creation. 
So he separated light from dark. I call this the luminous separation. And then the sea from the sky, that's the vertical sky above, sea below. And now land from sea, which is a horizontal. Um, so if I may, with, with this thing, so you have first this called the luminous separation, the vertical separation, and now the horizontal separation of up from down, left from right, and so forth, and dark from light. Now in the second part of God's creation, God is going to fill the places that he's created and prepared in the same order that he made the places in the first place. So uh, under day one, we're going to have what number day in my calendar here? What, what comes next after day three? Day four. And it's, so on, on, my, on the way I have this done here with three above and three below, the one below fills what's missing from the one above in every case. So first he makes light and dark, and it's not until three days later that he fills the heavens to make the light bringers. We talked about that a little bit last time. Um, but he makes, that's supposed to be a sun, moon, and stars, and a planet. Yeah. I find that with kids, especially if you draw a planet, it has to be Saturn, or they won't know that it's a planet. It's just a ball otherwise, or a blob. That's actually a terrible circle. That might be the worst circle I've ever drawn. <laughs> That's more like a triangle, isn't it? It's spinning, and it's blurry. <laughs> oh, th oh, thank you. Yeah, it's got a magical shadow or something on it. All righty. Then under day two, with sky above and sea below, then you have this kind of a fill-in with the birds flying and the fish swimming. Don't be... Uh, confused by this because remember that up in the upper right hand corner the land was already made so the birds do have a place to f to land if they get tired they don't have to flap for 24 hours before they come down to rest they already had a place to rest and the little fish that have to live in the shallows you know have a place to live in the shallows because there's land what what kinds of fish must be in the shallow water I'm thinking of those things that little minnows. <laughs> little minnows, octopus have to be in shallow pools. Oh, really? um, they need to be, and things like, they, I mean, eels and things can be deep, but usually they like to be in the shallows mm -hmm. to, to find things and so forth. And the little fish need to be there. I think we, those of us who saw Finding Nemo know that clownfish like to live at the drop-off and not further beyond and so forth. They have to have their anemone. Uh, living there, and then we have uh, under the uh, with the land created. Three days later, now we have um, uh, animals created, and then um, mankind also. I only have one animal there, um, but Moses counts five varieties of animal, and it's consistently used throughout the Bible, especially the books of Moses, but even later on. Um, and I'm going to talk about Linnaeus and, and, and the taxonomy that we use today. But really in the Bible, uh, we, we need to be careful because sometimes I know that uh, uh, I had uh, Sunday school teachers who got upset in the book of Jonah if children would say Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And I think it's perfectly reasonable that Jonah would have been swallowed by a whale. And one of the reasons is because the Hebrew word dog means 
fish, but it, however, it really means swimmer, not necessarily just fish. It means swimming thing. And a whale qualifies as a swimming thing. Um, because otherwise, when did God make the octopuses? Well, it really has to be day five. But if he made only the fish on day five and an octopus, which I think is a swimmer, wasn't made on day five, then when was it made? You know, yeah, which I think doesn't make any sense. I think they were made on day five and so forth. I also think that the whales were made on day five and not on day six. And on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And we'll talk about what I mean by that when we get there. Questions on day three. Well, I have a big question about it, but we're going to save it for later. Actually, uh, you mentioned about there are three heavens. Could you repeat that for me? Sure. Um, in a couple places in the Bible, more than one heaven are mentioned. The, for example, the, in, in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about being caught up in what he says is the third heaven. The third heaven is the ultimate high place where God is. That's, that's what you and I would call heaven. But sometimes the Bible will talk about the heavens as being where shooting stars come from and where the sun and moon fly around in. That's also the heavens. Well, that's a separate thing from God's heaven. And it's also a separate thing from where the birds fly. So the birds, the, the, the birds up in the blue sky are in the first heaven. The stars are in the second heaven. And God himself is in the third heaven. Um, but having said that, um, we have this question of when, when, when were the angels made? And what day of creation did that happen on? Because could it be that that's when God separated the heavens or the, or the sky from the water, for example, or when he made the heavens and the earth. Those are two good arguments for day one and day two. And ancient Christians and Jews advocated for day one and day two. But they also advocated for day four, when God made the stuff to fill the heavens. And that makes sense to me also. So now we have days one, two, and four as candidates for the angels. But then... He also made the things, the actual living creatures that fly in the sky, the birds, on day five. So day five makes sense to me as an argument for when were the angels made also. But man is the crown of creation. And aren't angels really close to being the crown of creation or the servants of man also? So doesn't that make day six a good argument for the day of creation? So... Ancient Jews and Christians argued, and when I say argued, I mean had big public debates and wrote papers and letters and books about this, days one, two, four, five, and six. And I think they were made on day three. And I have a reason for thinking that. We're just not there yet. Okay? We're going to talk about that. But, um, and, and I'm not going to require that you agree with me about that. Because I think that a, 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 an argument that states it could be days one, two, three, four, five, or six is a valid argument. The angels could have been made on any of those days. Could it even be that 
the angels were made on one day and the archangels on one day and the seraphim on one day and the cherubim on one day and the rulers, powers, and authorities on another day. And they could have been made on each of the days of creation. Well, I kind of think that they were made all the same day of creation because to us an angel is an angel, but maybe to the angels that's not the case. But just as a man is a man, a woman is a woman, all in the same day of creation. But anyhow, um, the Bible doesn't tell us when, but there is, there are one or two hints, and we'll get to them. But I want to do angels separately, okay? So we'll go to day four. And did you see what Mark, our custodian, put up for me? Oh, nice. Ta-da! Isn't that nice? Well, we're going by that one because okay. that's the one I can see. So, okay. So day four. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, days, and years. That's a vitally important verse. Why are the constellations, why is the zodiac where it is, and so forth, and that's it. Serve as signs to mark sacred times, days, and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. The universe and there's a separate night? Well, uh, notice that in verse 14, the word light is plural. It's lights. Oh, lights. Right. So in back in verse 3, that's a really good question, Yoko. Back in verse 3, God creates light that is the substance the, the thing that makes us able to see, the brightness. Okay. Now he creates the thing, the objects that cause light to happen. Either they make light themselves because they're on fire like the sun, uh-huh. or they reflect light like the moon and the, uh, like, uh, like the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stars make their own light. The sun makes its own light. Comets only reflect light which is why comets have tails. Mm-hmm. You can put planets with the moons. A- absolutely, planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And often are the brightest in the sky because they're closer to the sun. Um, and when you genuinely see a comet, uh, notice that when a comet is approaching on its way, when we first see a comet, um, my mom and I camped out in our yard back in, I forget what year it was, 75, for a comet called Kohotek that was on its way. This is before Halley's Comet was on its way. And when Halley's Comet came, most of the world was, the weather made it overcast. We couldn't see it when it came. Huge disappointment. We'll have to wait 80 more years like Mark Twain. But when, when, but when Kohotek came, my, I remember mom and I looking out my little cheap little dime store telescope and thinking, it looks backwards because the tail was in front. Oh, really? Because a comet's tail is always the gas it's releasing, mm-hmm. you know, in relation to the sun. So, no, no, when it's coming, the tail's behind. When it's going, the tail is in front of it. It's going toward, because the gas is coming out the other side, away from the sun. So it, when it's leaving, it's, it trails its tail. So... It is, it is, it is weird, but it's, it's, uh, and I remember my mother, 
God bless my mother. So she'd, oh, it's like a little dog running away with its tail between its legs. (laughs) Mom was not an astronomer, but wow, did she ever pin that one down. I really appreciated that. So. Yep. So yeah, uh, in 14, it's, it's the actual sun, moon, and stars. Whereas back in, in the first day of creation, it was just light as a, uh, what, a, a medium um, as whatever light is. Light in some ways is rays or waves, and in some ways light is particles. And it behaves differently in, in different ways and different aspects. But I, I wanted to make it clear earlier that light was created before the stars so I don't know if God created the stars as if they were old he certainly created Adam and Eve as if they were mature and the fish and the birds and so forth and the trees as if they were mature Um, and so uh, the same could be true of starlight and things so we can have our universe can appear to be ancient without actually being ancient um just as adam and eve were you know eve when was eve Eve tempted what's the saying in america well i wasn't born yesterday well that's because eve was born yesterday theoretically when she fell you know that that's where that saying comes from i wasn't born yesterday well she was made not yesterday but the day before yesterday and or whatever it was we'll talk about that in the fall also um, some of those old sayings of ours come right out of the Bible. You know, um, our, our saying, were you born in a barn? Why, why, why do we say that? Of a person who leaves a door open because he can miraculously close it? Because who was born in a barn? Jesus in a stable. So he doesn't have to close the door. He can just, you know, beckon it <laughs> shut. You know, were you born in a barn? You know, it's so, I, th- I think, that, anyway, that, anyway, I'll come back to that. All right. Verse 16. God made two great lights. This is from the point of view of, of, of course, man, his creation. Because our sun is by no means the greatest light, you know, in the universe. Um, what is it? Betelgeuse, I think, is the largest star or one of the really colossal ones. If I had a marble in this room, and set it on the table, and that was our sun. Beetlejuice would be the size of the whole room. Wow. You know, it's that much larger. And if it blows up, mm-hmm. a lot of us are in trouble. Yeah. You know, at least on the south side of town. I don't know about the north side of town, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so don't panic about that. How many years before it gets here? At least a few. At least a few. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd probably have a service. Yeah. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. So there they're actually mentioned. Um, so the terms, by the way, the actual words in Hebrew, sun and moon, don't show up in the, in the text of the Bible until after the flood. Before the flood, it's only called the greater light and the lesser light. But then after the flood, they're called sun and moon. Shemesh is sun. and I, Anyway, um, the reason why I think that might be important is something we'll get to at the flood story. Because I'm not convinced that our, our, our beautiful first day of spring blue sky outside today, 
I don't think is what they had at creation. I think they had an overcast that was permanent. And I have a reason, for, I have a couple reasons for thinking that. That, uh, that also may have helped with their longevity as a barrier to the radiations that the sun puts away. It also was a place for God to store the water that the flood was made of and other things. And then the rainbow seems to be an unusual thing for Adam and Eve. And so there it is. The word rain doesn't occur until after the, until the flood story starts. You know, there are all kinds of things that are, huh, just, just noticing. Um, and this is one of them too. Our words, for the, the words that they used for the two lights in the sky, bright light, dim light, and in an overcast, you know, what would you, oh, it's brighter, it's dimmer. And kind of makes sense too. You know, when it's overcast, you know that the sun is out, but you can't always tell what time it is or where the sun is. And with the moon, it's even more difficult. You know, if it's truly overcast. Okay. 17. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And I'm going I'm to come back to that because Moses did, just did something poetically that you didn't even notice, but his readers would have noticed. Let me read verse 19 first and then we'll come back to it. Um, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. So now we can say sun went down, sun came up. Sun up, sun down, fourth day. Before this, the light apparently of the, uh, the, the divine light was getting dimmer and brighter. But now the sun actually goes down, the earth is revolving and so forth. Well, the purpose of the heavenly bodies are given twice. In verse uh, 14 and 18, it's to separate light from dark. In verses 14 and 18, also signs of the seasons, and then to give light in verses 15 and 17. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.